morning, good to see you all here. Abraham. 
Peter who were obedient and willing to do stuff for God that might have seemed a little bit silly at the time. And it was great last Sunday to see Sherilyn step out of her boat and get her feet wet and most of the rest of her body as well. It was wonderful. Sherilyn's faith grew last week. Her trust in God grew last week. Isn't that brilliant? Wonderful. So, that's what we've done. So, what are we doing now, Trevor? I hear you ask. Well, where are we going? Well, over the next four weeks, we're going to look at two of these areas. It's buy one, get one free. Two of them, because actually I think they're linked. And it's these two. Courage and speaking about God. Speaking out for Jesus. And the title of the mini-series is Be Bold. Be Bold. Now, I think I told you a couple of years ago when, when we looked at courage that one of the earliest Christian songs that I heard when I became a follower of Jesus was Be Bold, Be Strong, for the Lord your God is with you. Be Bold, Be Strong. Anyway, <laughs> I am not afraid. No, no, no. It was one of the cheesiest songs ever. But I was this young... See, but see, I have misheard the lyrics. Um, I thought, it, instead of be bold, it was be bold. Be strong, for the Lord your God is with you. I was this young, naive Christian who thought the absence of hair was some sort of religious requirement to be on fire for Jesus. And it confused me. <laughs> it confused me because I always saw pictures of Jesus with lovely flowing locks right out of a shampoo commercial. He wasn't bald, and yet he was really close to God. So there was this period of time when I believed that the follically challenged were the chosen ones. But it's be bold, people. Be bold. And boldness is the one thing we need if we are to follow Jesus and share and show the love of Jesus in word and deed to our friends, neighbours and community. Because let's be honest, Vancouver and the surrounding towns and cities are not particularly open to hear about Jesus. Jesus and his followers are not, in many places, looked upon very favorably. So how can we do that? How can we have the boldness to step out for Jesus, to share our faith? That's what we're going to look at over the next four weeks. And we'll be doing that by looking at some stories in the book of Acts. Acts was written by Luke, who was a medical doctor. And Luke essentially captured and recorded how the church grew with just a sprinkling of ordinary folk and a, a huge dollop of the Holy Spirit. And one of the dominant themes from the book of Acts 
is unquestionably the theme of boldness. Boldness. Let me tell you where we're going to go in, in this series. In two weeks, we've got the retreat next week, but in two weeks' time, we're going to look and talk about bold prayers. Because honestly, most of the time, our prayers are actually very timid and almost passive. In fact, probably the most common prayer is, God, thank you for this day and keep us safe. And you know what? That's all good. But God's probably saying, guys, give me a tough one. I'm the God of the universe here. Give me something that's going to you know, uh, push me. So we're going to be looking at praying bold prayers of faith in a couple of weeks' time. Then we're going to be talking about being bold in our speech. Because when you look through the book of Acts, over and over and over again, you're going to see these words. They spoke the word of God boldly. They preached boldly. And we're going to see people who are not afraid to speak the name of Jesus and the word of God into a skeptical world. So we're going to do that. And then we're going to look at bold obedience. And we're going to see women and men risking persecution and even death because they, they just wanted to be obedient to what God was calling them to be and to do. So for the next four weeks, we're going to be bold. Bold. We're going to be bold for the next four weeks. And can I ask you to pray with me during this time? That God will do a spiritual stirring in our lives and in this church, and we'll have a new boldness to go out and share and show the love of Jesus to our friends, our families, our neighbours, our work colleagues, anyone that, that cross our paths. Because we want to see God's kingdom grow, and we want to see this community at City View grow. And one of the ways we can do that is by being bold. Okay. Alright? So that's where we're going. Let's start with what we mean by boldness. I found uh, this definition this week that I really, really like. It says, boldness is behavior born out of belief. This is where your little note section on your, your little uh, pamphlet there come in handy. Boldness is behavior born out of belief. Because quite simply, what you believe determines how you behave. You see, if I believe that you're going to be horrible to me this morning and criticize everything that I say, I'm going to behave by not getting out of bed this morning and not coming. Because I don't want to be here for that. And if you believe maybe that you're going to fail at something, well, you're going to venture out cautiously, or maybe not even venture out at all. It will affect your behavior. But if you believe that the one true Lord God is calling you, empowering you, leading you, equipping you, you will live boldly. Why? Because boldness is 
behavior formed out of belief. In fact, the Greek word that translated as boldness is the word parhesia. Parhesia. And this word means assurance. It means confidence. It means to act without fear. To act without fear. And this morning we're going to look at this parhesia in uh, the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 4. You might want to find it so we, uh, we can go along uh, together with this. But as you do that, I'm just going to give you a little bit of background before we get to the passage. Basically what we're doing this morning is we're going to be looking at this guy, Peter, one of the uh, disciples' apostles. Now, a lot of us obviously can relate to Peter. Peter was a guy that had bold intentions. He talked a really, really good game. But often those bold intentions would result in timid actions. Here's an example. Do you remember Peter boldly declared one time before Jesus? He said, you know, Jesus, if all these other losers turn their back on you, I'll never do that. I'm your guy. I'm never going to deny you. I'm going to boldly stand with you. But we know the outcome, don't we? Before the day ended, three different times Peter denied that he knew Jesus. Once, even to a little schoolgirl. Bold intentions and yet timid actions. But then something happened in Peter. When Jesus died and three days later he rose again, Peter encountered Jesus on the beach. And you can read about it in John 21 when Jesus essentially says, listen, you're forgiven. You're, it's good. You're still on the team, Peter. You're reinstated. In fact, I'm going to tell you to go out boldly and look after my sheep. Go take care of my people, Peter. I trust you. And then at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came and it filled Peter and the disciples. And something flipped inside of Peter at that moment. And all of a sudden, the guy who used to be timid became incredibly bold. And he went out on Pentecost, you know the story, and he stood before this huge group of people, and he preached one of the boldest sermons in history. He said, you're a corrupt generation, you need to turn from your sin, repent in the name of Jesus Christ, and be baptized. It wasn't a touchy-feely sermon. It was a bold sermon. And 3,000 people, we're told, came to Jesus that day because of it. And the church just explodes and Peter is bold and on fire and they're believing God for big things. Wow. And shortly after this, Peter and John, they're walking along and they see a guy who's, who's been lame for more than 40 years. This guy has been able to walk for 40 years and they go up to this guy and say, in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And he does. <laughs> That's a bold, uh, a bold statement. And all of a sudden, after this great act of compassion, it stirs up a lot of controversy. Why? Because it's done in the name of Jesus. 
And so the Sanhedrin, the religious leaders of the day, they send some people out and they arrest Peter and John and they bring them and put them on trial in front of all the religious leaders. And, and they ask Peter and John, by what name and by what authority do you do these things? It's a pretty intimidating situation. How would they respond? How would you Response. Acts chapter 4. We're going to start from verse 8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, the religious leaders, rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called um, to account today for an act of kindness shown to a cripple and are asked how he was healed, then know this. You and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. He is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the capstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. When they, the leaders, saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were amazed. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and then conferred together. What are we going to do with these men, they asked. Everyone living in Jerusalem knows they've done an outstanding miracle. We can't deny it. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn these men to speak no longer to anyone in this name. And so they called uh, Peter and uh, John in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, judge for yourselves whether it's right in God's sight to obey you rather than God. For we cannot help speaking about what we've seen and heard. After further threats, they let them go. They could not decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God for what had happened. For the man who was miraculously healed was over 40 years old. Okay, what I want to do for the next 15 minutes is to go through this story and suggest three facts that speak about boldness. Three facts that will help us become bold. Let's look at verse 8. So this is what Peter says in response to them. He said, filled with the Holy Spirit, which means that it's not Peter's power. It's the Holy Spirit's power. And he says, rulers and elders of the people, if we're being called to account today, act of kindness shown to a man who's lame, being asked how he was healed, then hear this. And this is where it's bold. It's by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And then he sticks the knife in and twists it. He says, actually, remember, you killed him. <laughs> but our God raised him from the dead. And that's why this man stands before you. I cannot overstate how bold that was. 
The Sanhedrin hated Jesus. They had sanctioned his death. They were glad that he was gone. They never wanted to hear from this man again. And Peter says, you killed Jesus. But just like Army, he's back. And the healing of the lame man is just a glimpse of the power that's to come. Get ready for more. Essentially, Peter's confronting them with the reality of the name of Jesus. It was a bold move. Now what really is interesting to me is that 2,000 years ago, the name of Jesus was so controversial. And 2,000 years later, the name of Jesus is still controversial. Think about it. In our world today, we can be spiritually bold about a whole host of things. And it's fine. Most people are okay with a, a little God talk or a little spirituality talk. It's just that when you bring Jesus into it, everyone freaks out. As soon as you say Jesus, everything changes, doesn't it? I remember uh, about sort of seven, eight years ago, I was asked to pray at a Remembrance Day service at UBC. It was a huge event. It was in their gym, the, the old gym there. Hundreds of people were there. And uh, I met with them first of all, and they said, you can pray whatever you want. <coughs> anything I want? Yes, anything you want. And I said, anything? I can pray whatever I want? They said, yeah, you can pray anything you want. As long as you don't mention the name Jesus. You can't pray in the name of Jesus. And I'm like, well, what name can I pray in then? And they, they said, well, I don't know. You can pray whatever name you want to. You can pray his name, God's name, the Lord's name, the big guy's name, whatever name, but do not use the name Because there's something in that name. There's something about that name. But notice Peter looks right at them, the people that sanctioned Jesus' death, and says, this man was healed in the name of Jesus. And the religious leaders could not believe what they were seeing. Verse 13. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were amazed. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. And this is the key verse. This is where we're going to sit for, for a few minutes. All three of the bold facts that I want us to see and look at found in that one verse. Fact number one. God gives ordinary people extraordinary boldness. God gives ordinary people extraordinary boldness. It says that Peter and John, they realized that they were unschooled, 
ordinary men. Now, the Greek word that's translated as ordinary here is the word idiotus. I kid you not. And this word could mean unlearned. It could mean unschooled. It, it can mean ordinary. But the most literal translation for the word idiotus is actually the English word that it most looks like. Any guesses? Idiots! Yeah, the word idiot. It's just that the Bible translators were too polite. The leaders were amazed and couldn't believe the boldness of these idiots. And here's the deal. If you're the best of the best, the brightest of the brightest, God can still use you. He can, I promise you. It's just that he specializes in using idiots. Isn't that good news? Hey, Phil? Isn't that wonderful? God loves using idiots. Ordinary people. He loves to take ordinary people <coughs> and give them extraordinary boldness. He loves to take people that others overlook and give them boldness. Which actually torpedoes the argument that many of us use when it comes to stepping out boldly in our faith. Because a lot of us say, and maybe some of you are thinking this right now, you know, this sermon isn't for me. Because I haven't been blessed with boldness. I, you know, I'm just a quiet person. I'm not that intelligent. I'm not a teacher of the Bible. You know, I'm just a little old me. I can't be bold with my faith. You know what God's saying to you right now? Feeble. It's a feeble excuse. Because if that's you, if you think you're like that, then it sounds like you're a prime candidate to be bold. To me. One of the boldest men of faith that I knew was a quiet, mild-mannered janitor at Regent College. He was an older guy, probably in his 60s, and he always had a broom in his hands for some reason. He just carried his broom around with him. We, we called him the Minister of Brooms. Uh, and he would just be sweeping up. And he would hang out at, at the well, which was a coffee shop inside the atrium at, at Regent. And a lot of people from outside of Regent, just UBC students, would come in and buy coffee and sit down. And he would just go up to them. And start chatting with them. And listen to them. And then he would ask, And when he retired, he went to his leaving do, there were more people from outside region than from within region who were there. And many spoke about how this janitor helped them through a difficult time and helped them to experience Jesus. A man with roots. If you're a quiet one, Go grab a broom and 
go sit in your coffee shop and listen and be bold for Jesus. You see, being bold doesn't necessarily mean you have to be macho man or wonder woman and stand up and speak in front of thousands of people. It could mean being a good listener and quietly asking someone, can I pray for you? It could mean speaking to a member of your family about your faith and how Jesus has saved your life. It could be like Sherilyn standing up here amongst friends and telling them that you want to follow Jesus. She was shaking like a leaf, but she was bold. It could mean not allowing yourself to become involved in the gossip that's going on at work. It could mean not being involved in some sort of shady business deal. Each one of us here has an opportunity to be bold for Jesus. This week. We will all have. The loudest one here and the quietest one here. Each one. What's he telling you? I heard two great quotes on Friday evening from the most unlikeliest source. It was from Charla, my spin teacher. And, uh, spin, by the way, is when you get on a bike and there's loads of other people on a stationary bike and you, and you spin the wheels, exercise. Anyway, Charla's not a Christian. But as we were killing ourselves on the bike, she said, if you want to be humble, do something that scares you. I'm going to change that slightly. If you want to experience spiritual boldness, do something for Jesus that scares you. God gives ordinary people extraordinary boldness. Isn't that amazing? God can speak through donkeys and spin Second fact, your boldness will affect those around you. When you become spiritually bold for the glory of God, your boldness will amaze and affect others. It says that these people were amazed. They were astonished. Why were they amazed? Because they knew that they could kill these guys. And these guys didn't seem to care. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? They might not have agreed with Peter and, uh, and John, but they couldn't deny their boldness. He's not up here because he's with the kids at the moment. But one of the boldest idiots for Jesus that I know is our Jeff. And I say that in the nicest he will speak to anyone. Jeff is uh, someone who heads up our family ministry here. But he will speak to anyone. And he listens and he prays and he's bold. The amount of times I asked Jeff, how's your day been? He said, oh yeah, I was at the playground with the kids. I got speaking to these other families there and, and they were telling me about their life. And I said, can I just pray for you? And they said, and so I'm actually going to be uh, coming around for dinner. We've invited around for dinner. 
what a bold idiot. Anyway, he was telling me that, uh, told me about his parents. His parents weren't uh, nominal believers or weren't believers. And he said to me the other, the other month, he said, they've started going along to church. And I, I believe that this is what he, uh, uh, what he said, that um, his, I think it was his mum, said, yeah, we saw the difference that it made in you. Or we heard what you were saying about Jesus. And so it affected us, so we're going to church. The same thing happened with my parents when we came to Canada. I told you the story. I thought God was calling me to convert my parents. I cried and cried for about 17 years. I cried. And nothing was working. And then we decided that we were going to step out of faith and come to Canada. And uh, within a month, they started going on to church. And I found out later, my mum told me, she said, yeah, we saw what you did. And we thought, wow, there must be something in this. We better go and check it out. Isn't that amazing? People will be affected by your boldness. They will. Here's a question I want to ask you. What, when was the last time someone was affected by your boldness? When was the last time someone was amazed by your boldness? Okay, fact number three, last one. Final point, and probably the most important point. Spiritual boldness comes from knowing Look at the end of verse 13. They took note that these men had been with Jesus. How in the world could Peter stand there in the face of possible death and declare what he did? Because he knew Jesus. He could be bold because he had been with Jesus. He had experienced Jesus. Here's the key. You have to remember this. Boldness is not the goal. Knowing Jesus is the goal. Boldness is always a byproduct of knowing Jesus. I put together this little uh, circular flow chart. I know you, you people love charts. You accountants love them, don't you? You see, you start with time with Jesus. And when you spend time with Jesus, it leads to what? Well, a growth in your faith. And as your faith in Jesus grows, it leads to boldness. And as your boldness grows, you, you see more things happen. You see results. And when you see spiritual results, guess what? You want to spend more time with Jesus. And when you spend more time with Jesus, guess what? It leads to more growth in your faith. And then that leads to more boldness. And that leads to seeing the sort of spiritual results that we see in the book of Acts. You just keep going around. And growing and growing and growing. The problem is, the opposite is true as well. When you don't spend time with Jesus, your faith doesn't grow. And you're not bold. And you don't see results. And so you think, ah, oh, I don't want to spend any more time with Jesus. And then guess what? Your faith doesn't grow. And you 
end up living a boring, self-absorbed life, wondering why you're empty the whole time. It all starts with being with Jesus, spending time with Jesus. That's where it all starts. And it flows from there. If you are like me, an idiot this morning, an ordinary Joe, an ordinary Jennifer, not that there are any ordinary Jennifers, thank God. Thank God because he's going to give you extraordinary boldness. And your boldness will affect people and lives will be changed. Spend time with him this week and ask him, who do you want me to reach out to this week? It might be someone you haven't even thought about. It might be someone you're afraid of. Be bold. I'm going to leave you with the second quote from my speech teacher, Charlotte. As we were struggling to finish one of the exercises, our legs were burning, my throat was burning, my heart was pounding. She said, the loud voice you hear in your head says, you can't. It's always the quiet voice that says you can. Can I encourage you to listen to the quiet voice this week as you step out in boldness? Let's pray. This is a great time do some business with God, to allow God to speak into our minds and into our hearts. You are here for a reason this morning. And I believe for those of you who are fearful, then Jesus just wants to say to you, spend time with some of you be saying this morning, you know that person that you've been meaning to talk to about your faith? Maybe this is the week. This is the time. Maybe it's not even to speak. Maybe it's just to show the love of Jesus that Father, I thank you that you're a God who uses ordinary people like us. We don't need the high and mighty, Lord. We need the weak and humble. And thank you that you use us. And Lord, that you give us all that we need. I pray.
pray that you would give us the boldness that we see in Peter and John, the boldness that we saw in Jolene last week. Lord, give it to each one of us to set out for you, to speak about you.